I think it is easier to come from marketing and learn the technical aspects than it is to come from technical and learn the marketing aspects. G'day and welcome to Amazing Applications, episode 138. I'm Neil Benson. I'm your host today, and I'm going to be joined by Marlon Martinez. You'll find show notes with a transcript, links to Marlon's social media, and resources at amazingapps.show slash 138. Since the last episode, we have tripled the number of ratings for Amazing Applications on Apple Podcasts, from one all the way up to three. Three ratings. That's, uh, that's three times as many as one rating. That's n- nearly but not quite one rating for every year of podcasting. I think we're into the fifth year. I don't know who you are because you didn't leave a review with your name on it, but I appreciate both of you who left an anonymous five-star rating recently, whoever you are. Right, we're about to be joined by Malin in just a moment. She is a Microsoft Most Valuable Professional and MVP. She's also an MCT, a Microsoft Certified Trainer. She's the co-founder of Makotra, a curious name for her new business, uh, which she'll explain in just a moment. And now she's the proud published author of Becoming a Dynamics 365 Marketing Functional Consultant, which is the best-selling book in the world and the only book on Dynamics 365 Marketing. Remember to visit amazingapps.show slash 138 for show notes. If you want to show your appreciation or let Malin know that you enjoyed our discussion, head over to the customary company page on LinkedIn and let her know. Here's Malin. Well, I'm back on the Amazing Applications podcast, and today we have Malin Martinez. Welcome, Malin. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. So glad to be here in the future or from the past or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're recording this in the morning in, a, in Australia, and it's late in the evening in Norway. Um, you're in based in Oslo, is that right? Yes, just outside of Oslo. My house and garden and everything, so... What's the weather like at the moment? It must be getting into spring. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's still middle of February, so it's probably uh, the you know, last yeah. month of winter, right? Still a bit of snow and a lot of ice right now. It's so icy. So my walking my kid to school, there's a small like walk through the forest, and now it's pure ice. So he takes like something and and sleds down everything <laughs> and just. <laughs> It's bye, mom. <laughs> My kids have never seen the snow. They would love to have a, an icy walk to school. That would be a novelty. <laughs> but we're baking here. It's been a bit, a bit of a heat wave. So we've had 35 degrees and 100% humidity. It's other side of the world, quite literally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I wonder, just for the benefit of our audience who might not know you, do you want to give us a quick introduction and let us know who you are, what you get up to? And most importantly, what's your favorite Lego set? Yes. So Molly Magnus, and I'm now straight into thinking about Lego. So <laughs> I hardly remember my name. <laughs> Molly Magnus, I as we talked about I come from Norway. I've been an MVP now since 2019, first of July 2019. And that's all of a sudden not last year. <laughs> mm, that's right. <laughs> it's just crazy. You're a veteran. Yes. So, even more crazy. <laughs> still fresh and new and think I just stumbled upon this. I've worked in consultancy world for about nearing 10 years now. 
and nine years. And I come from the customer side. So I have absolutely no technical background whatsoever. I did my degree in marketing and that's my favorite field to work in as well. But um, I was never intended for technical stuff and I just fell into it. And of course, I'm very much of a like, I'm just why not? It's, just try it. If it doesn't work, then I'll figure something else out. And it's worked out pretty well. Yeah, well, I was going to say, after a pretty great consulting career, you've now set up your own consulting business last year. Tell us about that move. Yes, that was uh, stressful and, and and weird and scary, very scary at the same time and all these feelings. And But I struggle a lot with migraines and I know that they're induced from stress. So that's kind of my thing. And I was doing too much for my old employer and I was trying to do work and train people and hire new people and do sales work and all of that. And they're a really, really good employer. Like I still recommend them highly, but I realized that I just want to do everything and I want to be everywhere at the same time. (laughs) And I thought about before I moved last time that maybe I should try working by myself, but too scary. But now I had a customer ready, so I, I reached out to them, and it's been crazy. Yeah, well, it sounds like you're still doing all the things. I am, but now I don't feel bad if I have a day where I don't have any work, or if I start late one day, or just say, this week I'm going to be in Scotland and work remote. I that's okay. Have you found yourself being able to say no to an opportunity, to a client request, and just manage your time? (laughs) Come on. That's supposed to be the beauty of of self-employment. I know, but my issue has been that if I've had some work that I I don't really want to do, I just give them like a high price. They keep saying yes. Yes. That's a crazy part. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that's... uh, Very good. I now have a couple of days and and some time that I could manage better. But um, yeah, not a lot lot of availability until October. Wow. And tell us about the name of your business because it's got an unusual name and and spelling. Tell me a story behind that. Yeah, that is thanks to my sister, my older sister. So she's creative I'm the middle child. I have one five-year-older sister and one five-year-younger sister. Okay. They are creative. Like, and drawing, painting, they're absolutely insane, both of them. Super talented. And I can't draw a stick man. I am awful at all of that. So we were talking like new company name, what's it going to be? And there were so many horrible ideas. So, so bad. <laughs> I should frame them all. Because <laughs> there were like, oh, cringe city. <laughs> and then my sister said, oh, what about Makutra? I, well, what? <laughs> so it can be Malin. It can be Magnus. My name's uh, consulting and training. Ah, okay. Yeah. 
Yes. So I have the MA, which is the first M is capital and the C is capital and yeah. T is capital. Um, so Martinus Consulting and Training or Malin Consulting and Training or Marketing Consulting and Training or... or <laughs> <laughs> it's got a lot of uses. You're doing some consulting work, mostly around Dynamics 365 marketing and some training work as well. And you've had some lots of spare time to write a book as well. Show us the book. You must have a copy nearby. There we go. Becoming a Dynamics 365 marketing functional. <laughs> <laughs> you can make study notes in the margin of one and then you can keep the other one clean. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. A lot of work. <laughs> yeah. I wrote one for Pact Publishing in 2011 and it was a lot of work and they have some great editors who pick apart everything you've ever written. So um, tell us who should be buying the book, what's, what do you cover in there and where can we get one? It is the only book on Dynamics Marketing so far. Wow. Good. You've cornered the market. Yep. So if you want a book, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, uh, which is which is good, but it's got everything you need to know about marketing, and it's good if you want to start with marketing, if you want to learn the app and have no knowledge, if you worked for years in Dynamics or anywhere in between, you will always learn something new because it is such a big system and it's well, it's always changing. So yeah, yeah. And so for customers who maybe are a campaign manager or a marketing administrator, they can pick it up and use it as well. It's not just aimed at Microsoft partners. Yeah. No, it's, as I said, I come from the, the customer side, so I don't have any technical background. I have a marketing degree. That's my background. I haven't written the book. I have read the book in. So I use the dictating functionality in Word. Really? Yes. To write the whole book? Yeah. So is there an audio book available as well? No. <laughs> but you've recorded all the audio. I guess it's it's much harder to edit an audio book uh, that way. Yeah, and all the shouting at my dog and, <laughs> and all the, the breaks where I, I zone out and be like, I have no idea what I'm talking about. What did I write now? <laughs> uh, good for you. So that's, um, is there a Kindle version available? And then we can buy the book in bookstores. Yes, you can buy it either on Pact's pages or on Amazon. So you can get it in the hard copy or on Kindle version. So they're both available. Great. Okay. We'll make sure there's uh, links to the book in the show notes. Uh, congratulations again. Um, when was the book published and how are sales going? Have you any idea yet so far? Right before Christmas. So probably not the ideal time to be building a, a workbook. <laughs> I should have bought one for my family for as Christmas presents. What was I thinking? I said a joke that uh, all of my family members would get a copy of the book for Christmas. But of course, the post is slow and I didn't get my book until like after everyone else. So I was probably blasting to get it. But uh, I know there has been sold some copies and um, my former employee that uh, before I went over to the consultant side, I got a Snapchat from her and she was filming the room and then zoomed in on my book. So I know they have it as well. <laughs> Cool. That's, that's great. Well, congratulations again. You've also, <laughs> I can't, can't believe you, you became self-employed to manage your workload and then you published a book and <laughs> you've done all these events recently as well. So you've had Nordic Summit two years now. Are you planning a third one? No, a second one. So we just had it once. 
you've only had one. Okay. So there's a second one coming and you've just been to Talon. You've got your marketing day that you did with Guru as well. You're all over the place, Alan. You are everywhere. So tell us about some of these events. Let's talk about Talon first, because that, that event just happened a few days ago, right? It's um, yeah. It was in Estonia. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, it was such a good event. It is super well organized. Uh, Vivian Voss is one of the main organizers. She's done an amazing job. And it was like everything ran smooth and there were no hitches. And the venue was absolutely amazing. I've looked at some of the photographs. Is it a, tell me about the venue. It looks like a, a cavern or a cathedral. I'm not quite sure. It was an old factory. Right. So you had like the brick walls and then you have had some equipment hanging in the roof still. And it was just amazing. And the acoustics wasn't really bad either. So I was expecting like a hollow room and, and big high ceilings of like 10 meters and but it was really good and it was it was a warm venue, so you didn't freeze, which is always important because <laughs> Tallinn is cold. Yeah, Eastern Europe in the middle of February. Wow. Yeah, cold wind. But it was such a good event. So um, I really, really enjoyed it. So hopefully next year as well. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you if uh, it sounds like there might be a repeat event. That's the, that's the thing. You can't just put on an event once. People always uh, hear about it and then want to go next year. And Yeah, yeah. And especially when it's when it's this good executed as well, it's just uh, yeah, it was just a joy to be part of. So, and did you learn anything about attending that event and being a presenter there that you're going to take away to Nordic Summit? Because you're on the organizing committee for Nordic Summit, is that right? Yes, I am. Yeah, again, it was the workload and, and not yeah. I just realized what how much I'm involved in absolutely everything when I I write my. MVP contributions or when I'm like talking with people. So what do you do really? Like, yeah, I'm on the organizing committee of that as well. But we're a great group. So we're from Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Finland, and we're one big happy family. And we we have some main organizers and then we have some a grouping, so sponsors and speakers. And if you want to sponsor an Arctic Summit, there's a free spot for you. <laughs> I noticed, yeah, you're open for sponsorships. So that's just been announced. Yeah. Yep. So we're, we're good there. And the uh, call for speakers open first of March. So uh, we'll be open until April. So I will um, expect to see a session from you. My wife's parents are Danish. We'd love an excuse to travel and visit Copenhagen. So. You never know. I'm still trying to find out whether or not we're going to go to Vegas for the Power Platform Conference in October. I don't think I can travel that much this year. The prices of international travel are crazy. Yeah, I've submitted for the the Las Vegas one one as well. So we'll see, hopefully. It looks to be a good one. I know last year it was the same week as Nordic Summit. Right. At least it's different weeks this time. Yeah, luckily. It makes it a bit easier. But uh, yeah, it looked like a good event. And I've never been to the US. Really? Okay. Yeah, I've been to South America. Right. <laughs> and you might get to go again for MVP Summit in a couple of months. Not going to go for that. Again, as you say, the price of international travel. Yeah. It's crazy. And the hotels as well. And it's just too short of a notice for me to 
I have no idea the currency, but 40,000 Norwegian kroners for three days, that's, um, yeah, it's a bit pricey. So uh, unfortunately, yeah. I had just made the payment. So I've been saving up in my business for a new website and I just got together all the the money I'd need to invest. And I just paid the copywriter, the photographer and the website design agency. So all these big expenses went out. And then Microsoft said, hey, we're thinking of putting on a summit. Would you like to come? Maybe. It's like, oh, it's just I've got no money. Hopefully next year we'll have some further notice and we can can all meet up because that would be good. I mean, we met in Scottish Summit, didn't we? In 2020. Yes, 2020. That that was my last international trip. And then the world closed on. That was right at the end of February in 2020. Yeah, 29th of February. And then I came home and then me, my, well, now ex-husband, uh, my kid and my dog got sick. Nobody was testing for every anything. And no, scary times. You know, we, we look back on it now and um, uh, it was, the world was a different place. It was crazy. Yeah. Well, now that we're able to come back to events, you've put on a, one recently, is it called Marketing Day? That was the one in Oslo recently? Yes, that was the 9th of January. So uh, yes, Guru Fallon and I, we both love marketing and we both do a lot of marketing and we're both pretty much involved in, in all the things happening everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> She's just a really, really good person and a good friend. So we like to arrange stuff together and uh, and we thought, why not do a marketing day? So I've t- we've talked to some big customers and they have been like, yes, that would be great. Someone needs to do that. And someone always turns out to be us. <laughs> so we, we started planning it end of November and got the place available at start of December. So we were like, okay, so let's just post this and see what happens and see if anyone wants to join us at all. Because it's in Oslo, we're like 750,000 people here. We're not that big a country. It's a very, like, marketing is a small niche area. And we actually had 66 people show up for the event. The training was delivered in Norwegian as well? Yes. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, so we did half a day. And Gudo and I first had an introduction. Thank you for coming. And... Just a big mentee. Who are you? Like, are you consultants? Are you customers? Are you, what do you want? And it was about 50-50. So that was very good. A good mix of people. And then we had one customer doing a presentation. So they're a big customer in Norway and has done a lot of marketing. So they had a presentation an hour. And then we had someone from Microsoft deliver a presentation, just more of a what is it and what more can you do and all of that. So it was a very, very good day. We uh, were working on setting up a new day sometime in probably, hopefully April or something, just because everyone was like, okay, this is brilliant. We need another day. Where, where When's the next day? How? Yeah. So well, I had the pleasure a couple of years ago, probably 2019. 2018, I had the pleasure of hosting Neil uh, Parkhurst, uh, another MVP. He did a, a roadshow through Australia. So we put on, I think, three different classes in three different cities talking about Dynamics 365 customer service and in particular unified service desk. And he got a great trip. Him and his, his wife came over and they had a great trip across Australia. Um, so if you ever fancy coming down under, we'll give you an all expenses paid trip. All you have to do is deliver a few workshops along the way. <laughs> and let me know when you can make it. 
Yes, that would be awesome. Now I know where Neil's koala picture. That's right. Yes. All right. So he took that uh, photo in Australia Zoo. So it's just, it's about an hour up the road from from where I live in Brisbane. And yeah, you can get your photograph taken with a koala koala there. Awesome. I need that. So I'll be there. (laughs) (laughs) Because I both do marketing and I do HR. So I have trainings that I deliver. I have one-day courses in both marketing and HR, and I and I have three-day boot camps with HR as well. Let's talk about the, the HR product a little bit because it's it has changed a lot, and I haven't kept up with it because it it started out as a nobody has. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you have to deliver three days of training on it. Yeah. It started out as a kind of standalone Dynamics 365 app, but now it's part of the what I call the unified operations platform, right? It's, it's kind of got merged into finance and operations. Tell us about, about that migration and what that means for customers and consultants today. Yeah, it's been a pain. <laughs> it's a big architectural change. So that's yeah, yeah, not easy. Yeah. Like my friend Ian Connolly, a Scottish MVP, he says, it's a pain in the hoop. <laughs> <laughs> Love that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> and it has been really, really because it's been, okay, so now we're taking all of it out and we're moving parts of it into Dataverse. And now we're deprecating two-thirds of the system and changing names. No, why? No, <laughs> please. And then a year and a half goes. And then they say, now we're moving everything back. No. <laughs> <laughs> so now they're moving everything back into the magical sphere of finance and operations and everything is based there. There are some good things and there are some bad things. Bad things for me is I don't know FNO. <laughs> right. I was going to say it's it's a whole different world when it comes to the finance and operations platform and you know, how it's customized and extended. And- I have no idea how it's extended and the tables. I mean, you have four different tables just for account addresses. Right. Uh, uh, why? <laughs> <laughs> why? And then you have for the customer or for the people addresses as well. And then for the employee addresses. And I mean, you probably have like a dozen tables for addresses. <laughs> I'm sure there's a, there's a method to the madness somewhere. Up, um, yeah, we're just not. I have not found it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, very interesting. But of course, now that it's back on the FNO side, it makes life easier for the customers who have finance or who have e-commerce or who have any of that because the workers are there, the positions are there, all the jobs are there. So a lot of things are already there and they know this and the finance consultants can do the workflows and it makes a lot of sense. And if you're going to integrate your payroll service with an internal application, you'd think of integrating it with your finance application first. So. Yeah, that's what you do. And when you when you then just have everything in one place, it just makes sense. I think personally, I've never asked Microsoft this just because I don't want to get it confirmed or debunked. But I think that this was Microsoft's try of seeing if they could get finance operations over to Dataverse because I I know that I was hoping that they they were trying to move everything over and I know that they've had times where they oh 
this one table, this one feature, this doesn't seem connected to anything. Doesn't make sense that it should be connected to anything. Let's try and put that in Dataverse. Oh, no, nothing works. Let's put it back. Yeah, no. Oops. Hmm, interesting theory. Yeah, I think of you know finance and operations, particularly if you're going e-commerce or retail. You know the, the transactional throughput that you have to support could be millions of transactions an hour. You know a retailer might might do thousands of baskets in an hour, and you want each individual line item for each basket all recorded. That's not really what I think of as a very common workload on Dataverse. It's um, much richer, but it's much typically our, our throughput is much slower. So. It'll be an interesting future if they do try and port it over or um, increase the through the capacity of Dataverse to, to handle some of those extremely high volume finance workloads. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. Coming back then to marketing, I know that you've had some experience with Click Dimensions and now with Dynamics 365 marketing. A common question I get, and this is not a lot of my customers are small businesses, but people in our community who run small businesses, they look at Dynamics 365 marketing and it's not a small business marketing product. It's the US list price is about $1,500 a month. I've got customers on MailChimp and MailerLite and ConvertKit and ActiveCampaign and they're paying $100 a month for some basic email marketing capability. They've got, they've got a few thousand email addresses, not tens of thousands. Is it fair to say that Dynamics marketing and even click dimensions plays more in the bigger side of SMB in the mid market. I have a lot of small, I, all of Norway is small to medium businesses. Okay. That's what we do. I don't think hardly any of the Norwegian companies are enterprise, like the big, big enterprise from the US. We're not even close to that. And in marketing, you get 50% off almost if you have 10 sales licenses. Right. Okay. So it does become quite affordable. Yeah. yeah. But again, 750 is a lot compared to 100. But then again, if you do all your email marketing and if you have your events as well, I used to work in event handling as an event coordinator. I have built, I've custom built and designed a event management system because there were none in the market. This is good enough. So Absolutely. If you work with events, Dynamics Marketing is probably one of the best fits for you. No matter if you have one event a year at Scottish Summit, they run marketing. Or if you have 20,000 a year, it's still it's scalable to that, uh, that size. So the events functionality, what struck me as odd about it, and this might have changed. I'm, not, I'm not, certainly not a Dynamics Marketing expert like you are. The event pages were not hosted on the same kind of technology stack as power pages. It was a separate set of stuff. They might have done that for speed or some other reason. But is that is that still the case that, that power pages and dynamics marketing pages have, have are slightly separate? Marketing still runs on the old Power Apps portals. Right? Yeah. I didn't I thought it never ran on portals at all. Oh yeah. I thought it was a separate set of custom pages that they ran on. No, you can do that, but it, it's run on the old Power Apps portals uh, functionality. So all the new cool stuff that you can do with Power Pages, that's not there yet. Okay. I don't know when it's going to be there, but I mean, it has to be there. Yeah, in the fullness of time. In the fullness of time. 
Or maybe if our dear friend Nick Dolman just <laughs> hits someone hard enough over the head and say, I need to be in marketing as well. Please, Nick. <laughs> if, he, if it hits them hard enough over the head, he's likely to knock them out. That's the problem. Yes. They won't get up again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell me about some of the, the types of projects you've done with Dynamics Marketing, some of the cool stuff or some of the things to avoid. I'd love to know more about deploying it and tips and tricks are it's I'm doing a couple of proof of concepts right now. It's so important to have the users part of it because in every other project implementing sales, you don't necessarily need to know how sales work super well because you understand it. Everyone has bought something or sold something or a lot of us has worked in sales. Like I was telesales and horrible, horrible. Not for me. Uh, too honest. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I struggled as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's you can do that. And that is configuring the system and making it work and customizing it to the customer. And sale, same with customer service. It's all about getting the system set up on and configured and, and getting it to work so the customer can use it. Marketing, on the other hand, I think it is easier to come from marketing and learn the technical aspects than it is to come from technical and learn the marketing aspects. There's a lot of jargon in marketing that technologists are never going to be familiar with. Yeah. Add UTM parameters to their email. Like, what? Okay. Thank you, Microsoft abbreviation. This is not Microsoft even. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's easier to come from marketing background to give advice like, okay, why do you need to send your emails at this specific time? Well, because that's when people open their emails and, yeah. and <laughs> things like that. And why does this button need to do this? And why is this important? So all of these things are much easier if you come from a marketing background than if you're purely technical. Right. It's no problem setting it up technically. That's no issue, but it's more filling it with data, getting the templates ready, doing the setup, doing all the domains, and then fixing DNS because it's always DNS. <laughs> yes. I've got to go and fix mine today. I'm just moving to a new email marketing platform and my emails are coming through as so-and-so on behalf of such and such. I'm like, oh, that's a DNS. It's got to be DNS. Yeah. I had the same on, on my own uh, webpage. I was like, it doesn't work. Why doesn't it? Oh, DNS. <laughs> Set up my SPF records. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so all of that. And, and just knowing what an SPF record is, what is it and why is that important? Technically, it's not that big an issue and it's not technically much you do in marketing, but understanding what it is and what it has to say for your deliverability in emails and why it's important for your customers to set it up correctly. Uh, it's important. So um, I, I love implementing it. I love doing proof of concepts and, and training and I do a lot of training on it as well. So it's always good fun. I'm talking about deliverability. I wonder how Dynamics Marketing handles this, but I had a challenge recently. So I'm moving from a, an email marketing system called ConvertKit and what I noticed is if I send out an email, a lot of my subscribers in my email list, they ConvertKit would report a large percentage of them had clicked on every single link in my email. Oh. That doesn't sound right. Like 100% click rate. Hmm, what's happening? 
So it turns out that um, obviously a lot, a lot of the people on my list are, they use Microsoft as their mailbox provider or their government or their education. And what happens is when I send an email to somebody who's running on Exchange, Exchange, I think it's the Microsoft Defender service, scans all the links in all the inbound emails to check the reputation of the website on the other side. And that action, ConvertKit, counts as a click. And so the user hasn't even opened the email, but their mail service um, has scanned all the links in that email to check they're all okay. And active campaign, same thing. Six clicks out of six links did some evaluations of some other email providers and found that they did. And they only counted human clicks. It's things like that. There's always something going on with email. Things keep changing as well, you know, changes to Apple iOS and how that affected deliverability and tracking. It just doesn't stay still. No, not at all. And like Guru did a test email the other day and it took two and a half hours to deliver to Gmail. Wow. So it was deliverability. I actually had a call with, so Microsoft has their own email deliverability team for marketing and they're based in Europe. So good time zone. I had a call with them on Monday morning with a customer who had like so super in-depth questions that I was way beyond me. I'm like, I have absolutely no idea. You're the one who wrote the book. <laughs> I know. And still it was like, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Let's just contact them. And they're really good at answering questions. And he was super knowledgeable and could answer all their questions. And even he was like, this is a really fun call. I don't think I've ever gotten this deep questions from like a customer in a proof of concept stage. And can you check your own deliverability? And can you check your score? And where can you go to do this? And how is the bounce? How many times can we adjust the bounce rate? And yeah, I've got, I've got really into it recently, like talking about warming up IP addresses and especially when I'm, I'm moving to a new mail provider, my reputation's all going to change. So I have to start slowly and the big mailbox providers, the Googles and Microsofts of the world have to learn that, that my domain is now sending from over here and I just got to start slowly, get some good reputation going. Because if you move suddenly all at once, you'll have big deliverability issues because you're not as trusted as you used to be. Yeah, that is the good thing about Microsoft using the shared IP pools. You come to a secure IP address and you don't have to do all the warm-ups and everything because I've heard talks about to do proper warm-up, you need to send about 4 million emails. Oh, I'm not sending stuff any ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's probably just if you have your own IP and you want to have control over that and to make any use of and keeping it warm and doing all of that stuff, then about 400 um, emails you need to send to. Like, Okay, uh, so I don't need my own IP address. That's good. Another great feature that I, I'd love to have, which I don't quite have with my new MailerLite application, is I'm pretty sure Dynamics has it, where you can, instead of scheduling my email to be sent at you know, 6 a.m. Australia time, I can just say, send it at the best time for all of my subscribers. And Dynamics Marketing will know that, um, that Malin is in Norway and seems to open email at 3 a.m. Australia time because that's better for her in her time zone. And so it kind of smart sends all the emails in my broadcast based on the preferences and the behavior of my recipients, which is awesome. I think that's great. Yes. So outbound marketing has that. 
So now there are two different times things to do marketing in. So outbound marketing and real-time marketing. And real-time marketing is going to be the way moving forward. But in fullness of time, (laughs) everything from outbound will come over to real-time. So right now you can do it in outbound. Uh, the smart scheduling where you actually get like a calendar view where you see what time of day and what day you open your emails and what time you are quicker to open your emails. Right. That's on a per subscriber basis, not just for your whole list or something. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's good. So that's personal. So you can actually go into, I mean, GDPR side and all that, if you've asked and gotten consent and, and have all of that in order, which everyone of course does. Of course, especially in Australia. <clears throat> everywhere, everywhere. So you can go in and you can see the calendar where you actually uh, want to open your emails. That's really cool. I I obviously get a fair few emails myself and I can tell that very few email senders are using that kind of feature because I wake up in the morning, I check my email at you know six o'clock in the morning and my I've got a dozen Kind of marketing messages there, and I've opted in. They're all, you know, mostly subscription things I've sc- subscribed to, but they are delivering their email at a nine a.m. Pacific time, which is perfect for them and a lot of their U.S. readers. But it sucks because I'm in Australia and I get a lot of messages in the middle of the night. Yeah, and if you forget to put on the do not disturb, then you get notifications, and yeah, horrible. So, what are the other major? tips that that people should be aware of when they're deploying Dynamics 365 marketing, involving the the users, in particular the marketing users, and getting their expertise involved in the project? Yeah, it takes time. Don't be afraid to put in a lot of time before you start actually using it. Creating the templates and creating all the content blocks, that will save you so much time I'm a big advocate for templates, no matter where it is. I love templates and I always highlight like, use templates for the love of everything. Use templates, please. For all customers and all marketers, if you do a newsletter once a week, why should you get that image and create that top banner and then put on the footer and then do everything? You have a template and you click on the template and the template is there and then you write the text and you're done. That's it. Are most customers having like an HTML designer and, and a developer create the templates or are they using the drag and drop components to, to build templates? Which do you recommend or which do you see most popular? The drag and drop functionality. Just because of HTML is code. And even though some marketeers like to do that and, and think, well, I can do everything with that suits me well yeah it's not the fastest no no it takes a lot of i mean if you really want pixel perfect design maybe you have to do that and if you have like this super strange font that you want to do and you want to add your own css then go ahead and do it no issue but um think about the users and and make sure that because there are some like parts that needs to be in the html template so you can't just copy from another place and then paste everything directly and then yay it works it doesn't so you need to know what you're doing and and be sure you know what you're doing and i don't touch html at all 
I stay far away from it. I mean, people want stuff that works that I don't do HTML. <laughs> but again, drag and drop works very well. Yeah, that's good advice. What do you think is coming next? What would you like to see Microsoft um, bring to Dynamics 365 Marketing? You talked about some of the, the transition from a outbound email feature or engine into real-time marketing. Sounds like there's a little way to go there. What else would you love Microsoft to bring to the product? Right now, I just really, really want outbound away and gone so that we have one place to do marketing and not have to worry about. So, oh, is this an outbound email? Then I can't use it in real time. No, wait, I created this customer journey here because I needed... Wait, no, no, that's a segment in real time. I can't use that. It just confuses everyone and it it's just so messy and trying to explain, well, that really, really specific thing isn't in real time. So you need to go to outbound. Okay. But the templates, no, 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 no. Separate things. Sorry. <laughs> so uh, the second edition of your book is going to have no outbound marketing chapter in it. Uh, that's the dream. I can't wait to just delete. <laughs> yeah, delete. Rip, rip the pages yeah. out of the first rip edition if you have. Hopefully. But um, I mean, they're always coming with new stuff, like the the frequency capping. Right. Yeah, I've been involved involved in that since they started uh, developing it, and it's so needed for so many customers because, and and I have customers both on Click Dimensions and on marketing, so I I dabble in both of them and data quality. Is a pet peeve of mine. Yeah, there is so much horrible data quality out there. It just seems like everyone doesn't care and just say, yeah, well, let's, let's fix it next time or next year. Or yeah, we're going to import it to the new system and then we're going to fix it in the new yeah. system. No, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going through data migration. We're just about to kick off the data migration with a couple of customers. No, they're not doing marketing, but uh, just, you know, more traditional customer service stuff. Moving from a legacy system into Dynamics. And oh, we're going to, Dynamics has got a dedupe feature, right? We'll just, we'll import it into Dynamics and then clean it up. We won't let you. Let's address it in migration. Yeah, yeah. So much better. So I wish all customers could just clean up before you move. That given should always be done before you move. But then also go through the data and have some rules. And if you know you have a lot of bad data, then you have companies such as Data8 in the UK that has good tools to help you with all that. And I still need to get paid by them because I I plug them all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're good folks. Mark Carrington and Matt Baird, a couple of our Microsoft MVP friends there. We're just um, evaluating some of their capability at the moment. Some of the features that we've introduced to try and improve data quality on contact phone numbers and email addresses and addresses in particular, it's just to have a validation field. So as a user, if somebody calls in, I can say, hi, Malin, can I just confirm you're still living here? This is your email address and this is your phone number. I can go tick, 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 and the date uh, is captured so that I know that somebody has validated those pieces of information with the customer pretty recently. And then if it's more than six months, the next time the customer calls in, the user is prompted to revalidate the customer's contact information again. Or if if we bounce an email address or we get a letter returned or a phone number's dead, then again, there's a visual indicator on the contact record. 
know, I don't know why some of these things aren't standard in dynamics. We can always ask ourselves that. But you know, these are some of the patterns and practices you bring after a long time working with crappy data. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the, the duplication tool that they have as well. Yeah. That's the way duplication should be built from Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way it was meant to be. <laughs> yeah. Actually, there's one more session I'd like to pitch at the Power Platform Conference, and that's what should we do about Elon Musk? Elon Musk is the CEO of Tesla, the CEO of SpaceX, the chairman of the Musk Foundation. He owns Starlink and SolarCity. And so he's got lots of different Elon Musks. And in Dynamics, a contact like Elon can only be linked with a parent company of one account. But that would imply that Elon has got one job title, one phone number, one email address, and I bet you he doesn't. I don't know Elon Musk. I don't, I don't have all his business cards, but I bet you he doesn't. And so in Dynamics, what we'd be tempted to do is have five different accounts and then five different Elon Musks. And we wouldn't know there's one Elon Musk. And so we see that all the time in our deployments is a person who works at multiple jobs, maybe a director of a few different businesses or is on the, the board of a, a not-for-profit organization. Or even I worked with a customer who looked after contract cleaners. So these are part-time cleaners who clean for different companies and there's multiple records. Dynamics doesn't handle it really well. We always have to start customizing the data model to look after these people. Or the closest thing you could come is using connections. Yeah, you can can try connections. Yep. Yeah, I I guess you're drifted. I've got four or five different ways of, of trying to solve for Elon Musk and connections is one. Um, and there's a few other patterns as well. Hopefully I can put in a submission for that session. Yeah, that would be good. I'll be there. (laughs) Hopefully. Well, I'd love to make it an interactive session because I'm sure you've solved it different ways for different customers in the past. I think we all have had a crack at it. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's some of these problems we've had, well, since I came into the consulting world nine years ago. So, yeah, it's um, still the same challenges and still fun, though. So, Malin, what's next for you? What are you going to be doing over the next couple of months? You've got um, you've got Nordic Summit coming up in September, so I guess you'd be busy planning for that. Any more marketing workshops? Any more books on the horizon? No more books. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, it takes a lot of time and a lot of work. So, uh, well, never say never, but when I was done, I said never, ever again. Never. <laughs> I'm super done. I haven't been asked to do anything else so i'm i'm well i probably will say no anyway if someone asks but good and i are also working on finding another day for the marketing day or half day and is that going to be in sydney or melbourne or, or <laughs> <laughs> let us know yeah we should join forces and uh, do a day uh, a marketing day down under it would be good yeah, we will fly you down and you can go on a road trip. It'll be like Thelma and the Ways running around Australia in a convertible. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds perfect. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and we're working to see if we can have the Oslo Power Platform Beyond event set up. Never enough to do. And I'm also going to join some other events. In, we have some in Norway that uh, are scheduled that I'm not organizing. Yeah, because it's a paid event and I don't do that. <laughs> I just do free stuff. <laughs> I noticed um, Nordic Summit's planning to have a little, that's not a paid event, but it's going to be a cover charge, I would say. I think that's a great idea. I think I notice 
talking to the organizers behind Scottish Summit and South Coast Summit in the UK, the number of people who register for free in-person events who maybe live thousands of kilometers away, who they know they probably can't attend in person, but there's a catering cost and a capacity cost for that registration. The organizers have got to bear. It's, it's heartbreaking whenever you get a 50% turnout rate. Yeah, yeah. And that's the part of it all. We don't want to waste all that money on catering. We, we could use that for other things. And other people who are on the waiting list could have gotten their tickets and all of that. So it's not going to be a big cost, but it's just so the people tend to, even though like if you have $5 or $10 or $2, then it's more the, okay, so I'm now going to go to this event. I'm not going to register just to get the information because this actually costs money and I'm not going to do that. That's why we discuss it a lot in the organizing committee. And what are we going to do? How can we make people show up? Because we send notifications. Oh, remember to cancel your tickets. It's tomorrow. Cancel your tickets, please, please. Because we had people on the waiting list. And I know for Tallinn as well, there were 75 people on the waiting list. Yeah, I bet you had a few empty chairs in the audience too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a couple of uh, the lanyards not picked up and everything. It all worked out very well. Like she had, she, I think she was like right on the dot for the caring and everything. So she had it all under control. But for the normal mortals of us, she's in the organizing committee for Nordic Summit as well. So it's a good, but we don't want to throw away money or we don't want to throw away food. So it's the environmental aspect of it as well. If we order food for 300 people and 200 show up, then we're going to have a lot of food that needs throwing away. And we don't want to do that. So I had, um, had some interesting feedback. I was considering putting on an Australian power platform conference and was chatting with some of the folks in my local user group about you know what day of the week and whether or not we should charge for it or make it a free event. And the, the feedback I got from the customers who were there was don't make it a free event. Don't make it a Saturday event because as a you know, system administrator or a, an internal developer, my employer will pay for me to go to an event and I'm more likely to want to go if it's during the week. And I'd rather get in-depth, hands-on workshops. So maybe for a two-day event, it be four half-day workshops and my employer would pay a couple hundred dollars per day or, or whatever for that. And if you make it a weekend event, I've got to give up my weekend. My employer, well, certainly won't pay me for that time you know, away from home. They're less likely to pay for travel. And you're, you're probably going to have lots of very short sessions from community speakers who you can't afford to pay. And so I'm going to get eight topics at a very high level. And that's not really what I want. I want to go deep. So that was interesting feedback. Yeah, it is. And it was so good because the Tallinn event was on Friday as well. It was good when I talked about it on our way because we were on the same flight home as we spent a long time at the airport together <laughs> before going home as well. And we said that it's been really, really good having a Friday event instead of a Saturday because almost all the events have been Saturdays. But Friday events, as you say, customers will take a day off to go to an event for a Friday. They won't come on Saturday because believe it or not, for some people, this is work and not life. 
(laughs) (laughs) which I know sounds completely bonkers, but it is. So they actually want to have their weekends free and not do like work stuff because for us, it's a hobby and a life. Yeah, that's right. I'm an independent consultant. Dynamics on the weekend. Sign me up. Yeah. Yeah, Awesome. (laughs) But we also love the fact as a speaker. So I went down there after work on Thursday. There was a flight, so I was lucky. And you had the event on Friday. And then you had the choice of either going home on, well, you could have gone home on Friday, but a lot of people went home on Saturday morning and then still had the full weekend with their family. So had Saturday and Sunday with their family. Enjoy a Friday evening in Thailand, which is, you know, a beautiful city to explore and experience. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And then for others, like we did, we left late Sunday and then we had all of Saturday and then we had a lot of time on, on Sunday as well. And we did an escape room. Oh, cool. Yeah. That was the best thing ever. So that's now our new thing at any event, just trying to find an escape room because it was brilliant. It was Mark Christie, me, Guru, Sarah, and Anna, Ines. Brilliant. It's also pretty risky because you can fall out with people who turn out to be idiots at getting out of an escape room. Don't press that button. No, that leave that box alone. <laughs> that's never going to work. Oh, oh, Mark, you've opened the door. Oh, I didn't think you could do that. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> yep, pretty much. But uh, most people in this community, they're smart people. So they... Uh, they managed to open a door too. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah, it was fun. very cool. Yes. Good stuff. Well, Malin, it's, it's been fascinating chatting to you. I really appreciate you staying on so late. It's, uh, I, I dread to think what time it is. You're way up past my bedtime anyway. Thanks so much for joining us on Amazing Applications. We'll make sure there's links to uh, your LinkedIn profile and your Twitter account and everything, and, and, your, and your book, of course, in our show notes so people can, can grab those. It's episode 138 of Amazing Applications. You'll find show notes at amazingapps.show slash 138. Alan, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me.